Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Hey, Boiling Pointers. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Before we start, Dave and I want to let you know all about our Boiling Point Process online courses, live events, and masterminds. After interviewing hundreds of leaders, we've packaged a ton of knowledge together to serve up to you. Info that will help you and your company be heard in a very noisy marketplace. So visit www.boilingpointprocess.com and sign up for the email newsletter and we'll let you know when our next cohort or event is. Thanks also for supporting The Boiling Point by subscribing to us on iTunes and also leaving a rating for us. is somebody who has done a lot for all of us for many, many years, waking up at 4.30 in the morning uh, to get onto CBC Information Morning, serving us all the information we need every morning. So let's, let's give a very warm applause for Hans Coburn to come up to the Bo- Bowling Point Podcast. Hey, you got st- first standing, first standing hands. Yes, we got a standing ovation. So, Hans, welcome to the Boiling Point, and I'm sure everybody in this room knows who Hans is, and if you don't, you don't wake up early enough. Um, and Hans is on to new adventures. Uh, this is why we had the pleasure of finally getting him onto the Boiling Point. Sure we tried enough. before, but uh, there's too many conflicts of interest having um, media celebrities come onto the Boiling Point. So. Still a corporation, <laughs> CBC, so there, yeah, there were a few too many hoops to jump through. Unfortunately. So, yes, great. Lovely to be here. Yeah. Sorry I couldn't uh, be here this morning. I heard it was an amazing, an amazing morning as well. We've been having a good time so it's far. It's hard to follow when you hear how good it's been all morning, and then, oh, <laughs> you're up next. You, you were, and you were teaching, were you not? Yes, yeah. I'm uh, helping out. They're helping me out as well at uh, NBCC, so filling in until the uh, end of December, which has been an amazing experience. It's cliche to say, but I've learned more than the students. I'm sure I've learned more than the students that I've been teaching um, because my skills aren't quite up to speed yet, but uh, it's been an eye-opening and exciting experience for the last couple of weeks. Well, yeah, it's perfect because we want to learn from you today. We, Greg and I kicked things off. We went through um, you know, identifying our, our challenges and opportunities, identifying your avatar, which is your, your ideal customer. Mm. And then we talk about this idea of the, you know, becoming a, a, a subject matter expert. And there's all these ways to do it. And one fabulous way to do it is to, um, to interview other people, um, especially people that you, are seen as credible um, and, and can elevate your brand, you know, right. and, and people that you can learn from. Um, and then the other piece of it is, um, you know, how to find place, ways to be interviewed, right? And we thought, who better, because I know Greg probably didn't prep you very much for this <laughs> nope. at all. So I thought, who better uh, than Hans, who, who who's, makes a living from interviewing all sorts of people? And maybe, if it's okay, we could start with, you know, what, what do people, you know, if, if you want to go in and start interviewing someone, I mean, you're obviously mm. professional. Um, we are, or I'm not. Uh, I would uh, consider myself either. a professional interviewer. Um, but having said that, I've, you know, over the years, you learn stuff and you see stuff that works. It seems to work really well or maybe fits your, your persona and all that kind of thing. Right. But, but what, you know, maybe take us through what, what it takes to, 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 
to um, to pull off a really strong interview. Well, it, it takes it takes research. It takes a lot of background information. It uh, it's it's not winging it, unfortunately. Um, that usually does not lend itself well to a, a to a, a, an informational interview. It can be a lot of fun, right? And it can sound great, but sometimes you don't get exactly what you need out of the interview that you were hoping to get out of it if you haven't done the research. So um, there are you know steps to take. Uh, called, you know, they're what they call pre-interviews, where you actually, if you're going to go on a podcast or on a radio program, um, they're going to they're gonna call you up before that, and they're going to ask you questions. And those will be the basis of the interview itself. So you're not only getting, as, as the person being interviewed, you're not only getting an opportunity to practice and think about how you're going to form your ideas with regards to the interview, but then the interviewer, knows beforehand sort of the layout of, of how that particular interview is and going to go. And would you do that yourself? No, I would not, not, not in the, in the particular the position I was in, yeah. only because, you know, my day stopped at noon. Um, but if I had been, you know, if it was an afternoon show, uh, then I could certainly have called somebody up in the morning and done a pre-interview with them, and then in the afternoon I'd uh, done the interview live. And, uh, and, you know, would have had that much more uh, information to rely on uh, throughout that interview, so that's that's a that's a help for both the interviewer and the interviewee. Totally, and uh, one of the specific skill sets I find for great interviews and great interviewers is to ask the right leading questions that will not result in a yes or a no. Mm. Yeah, um, close-ended questions are bad. What are what are some of the tips and, and tricks? So we're talking about the context earlier. We did an exercise where everybody got to interview each other as right. as introductions, and then. Everybody introduced their partners to other people through interview process. So let's say you're at a, a networking mixer, for example. Mm. We're not necessarily talking about interviewing people on the radio or on film, but straight up, just how do you get people talking so you can get the information you need? You know what? You, you get them to start talking about themselves, really. Uh, it's it's uh, emotion and personal stories that connect. And that's, and that's, you know, one-to-one or over the radio with thousands of people listening. It's, it's, that's, what, that's what makes a good story. That's why we tell stories is to get that emotion and to get that personal aspect. So I think that to get somebody to open up, it's, that's, that's how you do it is to begin with, uh, you know, actual personal questions. You know, not too personal at the beginning. But I've, I've got a go personal there. question for you, Hans. Sure, yeah. What's the most embarrassing <laughs> interview moment that you've had on CBC oh. Radio? One where you felt, dang, I should have prepared for that one. Or maybe, maybe you drifted off and didn't hear what they oh. said. Or maybe you started laughing your butt off you on know. the microphone when you shouldn't have been because something awful just happened. I've sworn on the radio um, before, <laughs> and that's... That's uh, that doesn't go well. that's the worst. That's the worst uh, feeling. Your blood pressure drops and you start to sweat. You wonder, but nobody heard it. It was it was live on the air, but nobody heard it. And uh, that was that was the worst. You know, in terms of interviews, uh, there there it's it's an it's it's an art. It's not a science. So it it does take some skill. But like any art, some days you're going to feel it. Some days you're not going to feel it. And some interviews you're going to feel it, and some interviews you're not going to feel it, and that that will change uh, minute to minute. So um, you know, there's this thing that you, when you're if you're doing it consistently and constantly in a, in a show like I was in, there's this cognitive switching that has to happen. So when you ask me about the most embarrassing moment, I, I you know if you give me a, a, another you know hour, I might be able to come up with one. But when that happens, I have to immediately let it go, 
and I have to block it and push it out of my head. Because if I dwell on it, then it's yeah. immediately yeah. affecting the yeah. next interview yeah. that I'm, I'm going to be having. Especially if there's something that's you're, you're 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 finding something funny about a serious topic oh, that you shouldn't yeah. oh, be yeah. laughing at. Well, see, and that it's it's <laughs> it's been worse as a when I was a news reader. Um, as opposed to an interview uh, uh, interviewer, and you know, as an interviewer, you can ask a question and you can turn off the mic, and if they're over the phone, you can shake your head or you can do all those things. As a newsreader, you have very little opportunity to to recover. You have to stop <laughs> laughing immediately. And we have some great bloopers of past newsreaders who just who lose it, and it's it's really easy for some unknown reason. I don't know why. It just well, happens. It's, it's that awkward moment. No, there's this really funny story. Were you going to talk about yesterday on the bowling point? Or two days ago? No, I was going to take talk about something I haven't blocked out from like two years ago. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Oh, remember we interviewed this great guy. He does these, uh, I think it's Mark, actually, photography. Um, I couldn't pronounce his first name. Okay. And uh, and so I tried to oh, like, say it really, really right. fast. Some people yeah. were listening and said, "Why don't you just not say his name anymore?" Because <laughs> I, I, I tried to pretend his name, but it was, it was a strange was so, name. Oh, was but so I was obvious. also thinking, Dave, we recorded another four episodes two days ago, and Dave and I have this challenge. <laughs> okay. When we've we've got a little scorecard. No, don't, don't tell. No, people. I got to tell them. It's no. you know, it's the it's the inner circle here, Dave. We got a scorecard. Anytime one of our guests says, "That's a good question." Dave and I are like, because we're, Whoever we're, we're fighting against each other to see who can get the most. The most. And, right. uh, and then the other day, we were, we were straight up live, and, uh, well, li- live to tape, <laughs> and uh, we had our guest, who was on the phone, say, probably to you, oh, no, no, it was Blair, it was, they were in, in the studio, so I thought it was a good question, and both of us went, oh, like that, <laughs> and, but it was in the middle of, it was kind of a serious he answer, they were going, and it was like, respond, it's yeah. almost like both of us had a heart attack at the same time. And <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I just interject for just a second, because um, I, I don't want to steal any of that enthusiasm about that, but you know that's a stalling tactic, right, by the person you're interviewing. When they say, oh, that's a good question, they're actually spinning their wheels. Love it. And, and slowing the interview so down the in order for you. all we thought that we no, were no, actually no. being complimented. I've, I've heard that <laughs> so many times, and I've what, rolled my eyes knowing say, that wasn't a great question. Or, or it's like, of course Stop it's a good question. I'm that, Hans Coburn. Yeah, Jeez. No, no, no. <laughs> You're no, killing us. I'm, what if they say no. that's an awesome question? No, that you... <laughs> no. That's a tremendous no. question. No, nothing. Okay. Sorry. So, what, so, so let's talk a little bit about the art. Okay. Right. That's well, and, and that the art comes obviously with practice. It's not, it, I mean, some people may be naturally gifted with it. I certainly wasn't. It took me a long time uh, to be able to uh, have a conversation. And you have to think about that conversation. And I always wanted to be the catalyst because there's actually three people involved in this conversation. You're talking about avatars earlier. You have to know your audience, whether you're the interviewer or the interviewee who you're speaking to. But there's really three people involved. There's you, there's the person you're interviewing, and then there's the audience. And I was the catalyst for that reaction between the person I was interviewing and the audience. So I was trying to make something happen. Right. And so, uh, you know, and, and, and again, some days that didn't happen and some days that it did. But the key to all of it is listening, not having, it, it helps to have, I don't work without a script, and there's, there's, it helps to have a lot of questions, but you better be listening to the answers right. and not following right. all of these nicely, really good questions that you've awesome. written down, right? <laughs> awesome questions yeah. that, you know, you, you, you know, that you're following and then missing out on what, on what they're actually telling you because there's, there are oftentimes opportunities to go magical places in an interview 
that are lost when the interviewer is not listening mm-hmm. to what's being told to them mm-hmm. by the uh, by the interviewer. So it's um, yeah, it, it it just takes it just takes practice. You need, like I said, you need to know your audience. Um, you need to be able to you know have a focus with regards to the interview itself. Somebody is doing something because of something. a reason. Yeah. 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 And if you don't know that as the interviewer, you're not going to be able to get that across to the audience as well. Um, again, always be prepared with with some background information if you can. You know, tone is important, um, and you can establish that two ways: with the introduction itself, or just with regards to how you're you're uh, speaking to the person that you're interviewing. So, you know, and, and if you're being interviewed by someone like me uh, or like you guys, as you know. And I don't know if a lot of people understand this when they hear about uh, having a media interview or a radio interview. I want you to win in this interview. I want you to be the best you can be in this interview. I'm not trying to get you. You know, everybody thinks, oh, they're going to ask me some really hard questions. That's that's not the point, generally, unless you are someone, unless something has happened and you're the person who's accountable that has to answer those questions, then those questions are going to be tough. But... 99% of the time, we want to have just a good conversation, and we want you to win. Mm. I want you to win, because when you win, then the audience wins, too. I think that is such awesome, awesome uh, advice, because I say that to myself anytime that I speak in front of an audience. And when other people, like my my little girl, Kaya, when she spoke at uh, at We Day in front of 7,000 kids, she started to trip up seconds before going on stage. And I said, every one of those people out there wants you to win. I said those very words. You can do anything you want. You go up and ask them to stand up in their chairs and spin around, they'll do it. They want you to do a good job. And as public speakers, it's a good, it's a good realization. None of you want us to fail up here right now. I don't think. Maybe Rivers does. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> So that's, that's awesome advice. So you know, c- coming close to, to the, inter- the end of our interview, um, how do we, as p- entrepreneurs, get attracted to media like you're looking as a media person looking for great interviews how do we become good interviewees well i, I again it's about having a a, a personal story you're, you're going to want to be able to share something personal about the reason that you're doing whatever you're doing and then be able to share a, a little bit of emotion about it because emotion does connect people um you know i think that journalists are asking the question and you know we certainly were why do i care that's the basic question tell me why i should care about what you're talking about, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you don't have to make it relevant to my life, but, you sh- but if you can make it interesting, you should be able to do that. It's your passion, and you've been talking about it and thinking about it for years, if not decades. Share that passion with uh, a journalist, and they will be very pleased to tell your story. Um, uh, I was just touching on something that you said, Dave, about, you know, there's there's thousands of stories out there that aren't being told. And oftentimes we would be asked, why didn't you do this story? Why didn't you cover that? And the answer almost all the time was, we didn't know about it. No one told us. Tell us. Go to your local media organizations and let them know what's happening. I think that we get so obviously... uh, uh, wrapped up in our own lives. It is our daily life, so we don't see right. the awesomeness that's happening around us. Um, well, and how? what would be a good way to package a story 
that um, a news outlet would be interested in covering in a way that's going to catch them, right? Right. Well, and it's going to be different for each news outlet, right? It's going to be, it, you're going to have to know your medium and who you want to talk to. It's going to be different for the newspaper than it is going to be for uh, CTV, and it's going to be different for CTV than it will be for CBC because, uh, you know, all of those have different needs and will write in a different way and will tell the story in a different way. So, you know, if you're obviously if you're going to t- talk to the paper or talk to television, you're going to want to have some visual elements that they're going to want to uh, take advantage of. Um, TV is frankly uh, a very uh, condensed medium. You're, you're you're going in there and you're going to be uh, they're they're looking for very short pieces of audio and video mm-hmm. in order to tell a, a quick story. If you're coming on a radio uh, program like Information Morning, we want seven minutes. And, uh, you know, to tell us an interesting story over seven minutes. So if you know your medium, you know your audience, you know your subject matter, then you're, uh, you know, you're, you're almost to the finish line. Hans, what about developing, I mean, the importance of developing personal relationships? Like you and Greg obviously have a personal relationship. So I'm guessing Greg would have pitched you on stories over the years. Um, that, 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 and, that, that must yeah. help. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, it does help. It's, you know, it's the, it's the, the foot in the door. Um, but I, I also want to say that we are in a in a wonderful city um, that is not inundated with agenda items that that news organizations have to cover that ha- that will fill their their programs. They're looking for personal local stories, and you know it, it it's all it takes really. Um, and I would encourage anybody who has an interesting story to do it is just to call up. The uh, the newsroom and talk to uh, the producer of whatever show that you're interested in going on. Like, just and I just I think that's an important message, right? Did you hear what he just? Yeah, we're just said? we're just, always look. We just, are looking. We were looking every every day for uh, local stories. This is not we. You know, we're we're not there with 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 reams of paper that were. Well, this will this we were. It's got, not like in the movies. Next week booked. No, we're every single day we were booking for the next morning. Um, for our radio program, so it was it was uh, you know it's a constantly uh, revol- revolving machine that that we're, we're, we need we need to tell local stories. So it's uh, yeah it, it's it's not offside to go in and ask to talk to you know someone like me, the host or a reporter or uh, an editor or an executive producer to say you know I've got an interesting story. If you you know this is what we're doing, we've talked to so many people. That have that have done that, um, and maybe even just meeting in a coffee shop line and saying, "Hey, what's going on?" Right. And uh, and then hearing, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's amazing!" Well, Hans, this is super valuable. Um, Before Hans got, goes, we gotta we gotta we're gonna th- throw it to the audience. That's what I'm doing. But, yeah. And and, oh. and I want to make I got a I got a I got two quick questions for you. Yeah. Okay. Awesome questions. So <laughs> do I, I, I will so, tell you they're so awesome. So we've got I'm, a microphone I'm, coming down. I promise. And uh, we've got uh, <laughs> Drew here. Oh, Thank you, Rivers. So sometimes, uh, in different circumstances, I become nervous. Um, mm. Whenever you guys interview high-profile people, do you ever find yourself getting nervous? And if so, what are some tactics for you to help yourself become less nervous or succeed? Sure. Yeah. It's you know, it's always whether it's you know the the premier or the prime minister, or if it's you know someone that you actually look up to yourself personally. It's it's it can be a little intimidating. Again, I think that um, you can you're never going to lose all of that nervousness. It's it's okay. It keeps you on your toes. 
Um, but you can certainly abate it a bit with, again, with the background, knowing that it's been, this interview has been well-researched, so you're not going to be scrambling in your own mind to find a way to get through it. Um, you need to know as much about the topic, almost, as the person that is going to be telling you about it. Uh, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room, uh, because then you're not going to be asking the right questions. But you certainly want to be well-prepared. And I think that that will take away a lot of the nervousness of, of you just feeling unprepared when you have when you can see it on the page in front of you, then it's a, it's, it's a, it's a big help for sure. True. And it's, uh, Swag than I do. He's got, more, <laughs> he's got more hats and, and, and you, you've, uh, yeah, you've, that's right. So I, we interviewed Drew on the show. I'm, I'm sure we've probably interviewed, you know, uh, 40 or 50% of the room um, because of something interesting that was, that, that he was doing. So, and that's, that's as, as easy as it was. So you're in a very enviable and unique position where you had a hugely successful media career, and I think some helpful uh, <laughs> feedback from you. You reached this jumping-off place in your career, right? And much like many many entrepreneurs, where you said this isn't working. I'd like you to talk a bit about what brought you there and how you made that jump. Oh, that's a good question. Ah, no, it is oh! a good question. <laughs> Stall. Do you see okay, one, my, one point for Drew. Do you see my that, that see the wheels that's good, grinding Drew. in my head? So yeah, it, it was it was a huge uh, a huge change for me to decide to to leave um, uh, you know a show and a, and a job that I have literally been thinking about for and wanting to be doing for twenty some odd years. Um, but it was. It was about, uh, you know, a personal decision with regards to how, uh, you know, I was, I was being allowed to do the job. So, you know, it's, I don't know if audiences could hear it or not, but I could certainly feel it. And, uh, and I just thought, when I start to feel that, then I'm not serving the audience well. And if the audience isn't being served well by me, then they certainly need to be served well by somebody else. So, um, you know, it's there's not a morning that I don't get up and I don't listen and I I think oh gosh it's that was that was fun. I mean, it's only been two months, so it's it's still it's still pretty fresh. Um, but I don't regret it at all. Um, I enjoy these hours much better for sure, and I I know my kids do um, as well. But uh, it's it's a privilege. It is a, a a privilege to be able to to do that job and to be able to learn more about the city and about people, about human nature, uh, than I would ever have learned in any other job, I think. Um, and I was able to do that uh, every morning. So it's, you know, to walk away from that was absolutely terrifying and uh, it, it hurt, but it's, it also was pretty liberating in another sense. And, uh, and I think that everything that I've learned and taken from that role I hope has made me, you know, a better St. John or a better New Brunswick or a better dad, uh, just a better person because of, of the people that I've talked to, uh, you know, for six years or, and more as the host of the show. So um, I don't know if I answered the question. I talked a lot, but it was it uh, it was it was just I know it's again another cliche, um, but it was time for a change. And that change ended up being me and uh, and. And being able to make that decision to be the change myself, mm -hmm. I think was really was was really important for me. 
I like I really like what you said about how much you know, and it ties into this. Uh, well, two things. One thing is you know you you might you got to be passionate, right? You got to feel it. The other piece I'm hearing is um, this idea that how much you learned, and that kind of connects with being a subject matter expert that we're talking about through being an interviewer, right? And about the city, about the yeah. community, about other people, um, about yourself, about yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the favorite interviewer and favorite interviewee. Oh. Well, you know, I, I heard this. This is fairly recent. Um, well, Don Don Connolly in Halifax was was who I grew up with, and he was on the radio for some forty some odd years as the host of that morning show. And uh, it was it was just you couldn't figure out. Like I I couldn't break through that wall as to where he was going with interviews. It was so amazing to to, to listen to him and and to watch him work. So that was you know as someone who I I was able to work with. Uh, was really inspiring. Uh, uh, recently, I was listening to Matt Galloway in Toronto, who hosts their morning show, and he has a half an hour. Uh, this is this is going to be so inside baseball. But our show is about you know, World Report is ten minutes long. We come on at eight ten, and then we have twenty minutes. So Matt Galloway comes on at eight ten. They've got news. They've actually got traffic that they need to get talk about. <laughs> they've got weather. So he's got maybe. 17, 16 minutes left. He's talking to the prime minister about uh, a controversy that was that the prime minister was involved in, and some uh, you know some other issues. And he's also got Joe Carter from the Toronto Blue Jays on the same the same 16 minutes. He's got to do two interviews: one with the prime minister and one with Joe Carter, who no, is no you know no. Well, it's 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 it was just. It's about it's it's pressure, but it's about being so efficient yeah. with your questions yeah, yeah. and with your time, and to be able to get every single thing that he needed to get out of the prime minister, and then be able to touch those emotional touchstones with Joe Carter, and the and I walked away feeling I I don't need anything else. And he was he was he had sixteen you know maybe eight with the prime minister and eight with, whereas I could go on for twenty minutes with somebody. And still not get anywhere near what I needed to get out of interviews. So it was—it's just amazing how some folks are able to be so efficient with their questions and and the time. That's it, awesome. An interviewee. I know we're at the end. Anyone you've just been thrilled to interview? Oh, you know, it's it's always it's always fun to interview people that you know that you like. You know, uh, Jim Cuddy and celebrities. Cool. Uh, it's always it's always that it's always fun. But it really is some of the. Uh, local folks, uh, you know, Charlotte County, uh, talking about whales beached or, you know, anything at all, that those are the ones that really actually stick with you because you're actually, you know, you're, you're making a connection that, and you can hear it in, in the interview itself. Um, those are the ones that, I, that I've liked. Nice. Yeah. Well, well, I, th- I think this is awesome. What a, what a treat for us to be able to interview you, Hans, yeah, because it's, yeah, uh, it's strange. Uh, and you've certainly uh, helped me learn how to be interviewed and helped me learn to how to interview because I listen to you every single morning and I've sat in your in your studio a number of times. So thank you for that. And uh, I'm, I'm sure the audience has, has gained a lot of appreciation about the interview tactics here. And even your discussion, thank you, Drew, for that question about your change and your transition. Mm-hmm. We as entrepreneurs do this all the time, and it mm-hmm. is freaky and trippy, and uh, sometimes you got to close your business down. And what do you do? Your identity is attached to it, um, but 
you carry on and continue making impact. So thank you so much for, uh, for your you. time, Hans. So fun. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So let's that wasn't give it up hard at all. That wasn't bad. <laughs> Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.